0: This is Michael Fenley here, former intercounty to Kenny hurler. I had the pleasure today chatting to one of Waterford's most capped players and possibly having one of the longest intercounty careers at senior hurling level in the G.A., and that is Tony Brown. Huge. Trip. All the way down to a shiver, and here's a chance, and there's a goal by Tony Brown. The Waterford fans to log it. Okay, so down today in Garvan uh, down in Macy's Pub, here to meet Tony Brown. Tony, thanks very much for taking the time to uh, to to be here today to do this podcast. Uh, funnily enough, you know, I spoke to maybe about two months ago about the podcast, and and to be fair to you, I said you do it, no problem there. And then maybe a month later, then we were lining out against each other, and the, um, the Kilkenny and Waterford legends game on the Bank Holiday June, or sorry, the Bank Holiday May weekend. So uh, it, was, it was funny how it all came about in the end But uh, just actually on the game itself actually Or on that day um, how, how did you go on that day Or what did you think of the day itself or it, was, it was a lovely sun, sunny evening obviously
1: Yeah well it was a fantastic evening down there Michael um, It just you know I suppose I've been retired now a couple of years It just brought a little bit of life back into me And meeting all the lads in the dressing room I suppose down in Kilmacow A place that uh, years ago When I started off hurling underage in the City Leagues Kilmacow actually would have been in uh, Watford, so I would have had a connection there with a lot of people, you know. Not, not norm. Uh, I'm the type of fella. I I normally don't do a lot of things like that, even on this <laughs> like a podcast. I I'm, I'm usually hard to tie down and stuff like that. But um, I have to say, when Jim gave me the call and I heard the the, the people that were coming down to it and DJ and yourself and even Owen Larkin and all these boys, it was a uh, it was just yeah. a a brilliant family yeah. evening all together. And the
0: main thing was, from what I hear, they raised. Uh, a, a decent few pounds for a fantastic cause. For, for Peter House, yeah, no, definitely yeah. was. And in 230 again we probably had a few younger boys obviously well <laughs> younger in terms of, <laughs> of of the ages but uh but no it was it was good and um, I suppose look the reason again I, i'm doing this this podcast for yourself is i suppose i'm, I'm interested in the, in the longevity of your career the amount of years you've actually played i don't know that not, i don't know the exact number so hopefully you can uh, fill me in on that and also I suppose life after hurling you know how have you found the transition like, you're retired maybe with four odd years now but i want to know maybe a bit more about the transition and how, how you found that and even working i suppose during Or hurling years as well. So um, first of all, yeah, years playing Tony. When when does it start and when does it finish?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose looking back on it, I was always someone that never really looked back. I always kind of you know looked forward. But I suppose looking back is only something you do when you actually retire, Michael. And you know, looking back at it, you'd say, you know, how did you do it, or where did you find the appetite for it, or how did the body even do it? You know, and you look at the modern game nowadays and you say listen if you got eight to ten years you're doing really really well out of it and um, and I I, I was lucky in a sense that from an injury point of view uh, you know I was lucky in that regard I I suppose you know all about injuries yourself and things like that when they come at you they you know they can have a huge impact on your career and stuff like that but I was always um, I was always uh, lucky like that and uh, it, it allowed me to continue but I suppose 22 years, why did I do it? I suppose, number one, uh, I loved what I was doing. Uh, number two, when I fell into intercounty inter-county scene, like, you know, my first years were fairly barren with Watford, and then I suppose Jared McCarthy came in and gave us a taste of, you know, what it took. Maybe he had done it, he had won in All-Ireland and various things and gave us a taste of what uh, what we needed to do in order to play in the big league and be at the, you know, be at the table with the big boys and stuff like that. And. I really bought into that at that time and that's when my career really changed where I suppose I got the longevity out of doing the right things and you know various things like that but look anyone who does something for that amount of time they they, they really only need one ingredient and that, and that is passion you know and I had that passion for it at the time I was chasing a dream the dream didn't happen I enjoyed the journey would I do it again I would Um uh, and, um, and as I said, like the dream was there and you know, I suppose a little bit of longevity too, Michael really was following that dream to a sense when you go past the 10 years and 15 years and new kids are coming in on the team yeah. and you see maybe you know it might happen next year, it might happen next year and uh, unfortunately it didn't but look I have to say working with all the managers I, I probably went through I would say maybe uh, three to four different uh, teams. In personnel over that period of time, so that's, that's unbelievable. yeah, it's in, it's, in unbelievable it's unbelievable. Such, you think yeah. about you know, and um,
0: and it was it, it was great. Yeah, excellent. Just uh, actually, you mentioned injuries. To, uh, what's your most serious injury uh, in, in that twenty-one years?
1: Yeah, well, well, the the one that springs to mind really was ninety-eight. Uh, was a very special year for me in a sense that well, it was bittersweet, but uh, in a sense that I found really good form. Had haven't bought into. The, you know the modern day training and then changing everything and taking me hurling series and, and, and stuff like that um, I, I picked up hurler a bit like yourself, I picked up hurler a year or something that was very special and huge honour you know when your fellow players vote mm. you in and that and it's fantastic and I picked up a very serious injury in 1999, uh, I done all my ankle ligaments and I suppose a little bit like um, you know even Austin Gleeson at the time you look at certain players when you win a an award is that like you really want to go at it again the next year as I said I I had done all my ligaments in the first game against uh, I think it was against um, Limerick at the time and I just wanted to stay playing and stay playing and you know I just I should never have entered the field it's one it's one big I suppose learning curve that I would never do again is is. is Try get out there on a the field when I am an injury because you get no pat on the back when you don't play well or you don't win or whatever, you know. And I was a bit green in that area, and people, you know, were kind of saying at the time, oh, it's all in his head and this, but I was very, very badly injured at the time. And I suppose it took Jared uh, Hartman in Limerick, I'm sure you're aware it. Yeah. Jared, yeah, it took Jared kind of to get me back on the road, get me going again, and to build it all back up again. And, a couple um, of months, I
0: presume, like, you know. Yeah,
1: well, it really put me out for the whole season. Like, well, it, really it went to the extent of. Uh, I suppose from hurler the year to 99 be very badly injured and playing games on it and not you know and not yeah. playing well and it went to a stage even where I was getting taken off in the club and you know people thought it was a confidence thing but it wasn't and
0: okay. lucky enough
1: you know I took, the, I took the bull by the horns and you know it wasn't happening for me on a on a, on a medical side in in kind of Waterford and that type of thing and um, and someone hooked me up with chair, and I built it back over the winter over, over about 6 months
0: and got myself back on the road and Back going again, you know. So, what age when you won the hurler of the year? Uh, what year was that? It was 1998. Roughly what age were you? I tried to add up my head there, but I would have been in my early, early 20s, 20s, probably summer 25, yeah. something like that, you know. Without a shadow of doubt, the following year I would have found a bit of pressure personally to go out in the league games and to ex, you know, have the same expectations last year. Yeah. And I would have thought to myself, got players out there now thinking they're marking me maybe earlier the year or so you know mm-hmm. they're, they're going for me basically or the mm-hmm. fellow who's marking me like you know that, that's the way I'd be thinking now if, if, if the roles were reversed oh, yeah. and that was the wrong frame of mind for me yeah. you know and realistically I did need someone to help you know uh, process those thoughts better mm-hmm. because I was not playing that particularly well those couple of months and uh, and I was looking to do some extra as well myself you know I was looking for that you know trying to prevent injuries suppose yoga mm-hmm. maybe and and I was doing yoga the day before uh, Bikram yoga the day before uh, league games on a Saturday and gotcha. so sure that thing would that, that, that become yoga you end up as well stretching muscles you've never stretched as deep mm. before you're under severe heat then as well at maybe 30 odd degrees so you're sweating a, a whole lot mm. uh, you're tired you're dehydrated so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the worst stuff I could have been doing right. uh, but again it's just I felt I had to do something and it was obviously the wrong thing to do and obviously I wasn't telling anyone about it either mm-hmm. um, and I can definitely see it from your point of view in terms of your injury people are saying it's in his head maybe um, and if you, if you do have such a great year the year previous you know there is expectations of delivering that back to back and we can put more pressure on ourselves so, but that's an interesting one good angle for Tony normally. The 90s, you know, from what I've seen in the 90s, I was probably 95, I was 10 years of age, so, you know, 11, 12, 13, so over those 90s, you know, there were great hurling times, you know, especially in Munster in particular. Uh, what's your recollection of the 90s, you know, it was championship, it was knockout, correct, was it, knockout yeah, championship? Yeah. Um, was it as hyped as it was, like, you know, was it as tough as it was, or what's your what's your thoughts back then?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing I'd say to you is back in the 90s, I mean, you're making me feel old now, When you're <laughs> saying you were like, 10 years old and that, you know, but... My recollection of it really is, is that you know, it, a little bit like uh, it is at the moment. The teams back then uh, uh, were very, very evenly matched. There was opportunities kind of there. You seen Clare coming through in '95 and '97, I think, and uh, there was real opportunity there. Some teams were in transition, and various things were going on and stuff like that, you know. But. Uh, there was knockout there for a few years. I don't think knockout done anyone any favours for counties like Waterford that were really, really passionate about their hurling. They weren't classed as probably one of the traditional counties and uh, you know, you train for a certain few months and all of a sudden then you know you're gone and there was no there was no room there for progression or no room there for opportunity or no room there for a chance showcase your skills, yeah. to showcase that you're actually a decent hurler, you know, and it was, uh, you're right, it was rough, it was rough, and it was tough, it mightn't have been pretty at times, and uh, I suppose some of the things going on back then, you'd, you'd never get away with them now, and stuff <laughs> you'd like be that, arrested. you'd be arrested, <laughs> you know, but it was exciting, and, and, and that's, um, you know, that's what I grew up on, but I have to say that transition from that period into the modern world, like I really took it on board, and really grasped it, and really enjoyed it and really enjoyed the kind of professionalism that came into it mm-hmm. and what I really grasped was I suppose that they gave us that chance I think they brought in the back door I think in 1998 and that allowed Watford to build a platform uh, and, and and us as players that didn't get that opportunity like I didn't take my Ireland seriously until I was 23, 24 because I grew up in an era where Watford weren't winning anything I had nothing to uh, I had no foundation to work off, I, I, I know we had some fantastic players in Watford back then at the time, but they never got the chance, they never got the opportunity, they never had the big managers, they never, you know, with disrespect to uh, previous managers or whatever, but uh, as soon as 1998 came in, it gave us that opportunity to, I suppose, launch ourselves and, and and bring ourselves in, into, uh, into I suppose, the Kilkenny's and the Corks and the Clares. Bring us into that environment, and the more experience we got in that environment. So, like anything in life, the more experience you get in something, the more confidence you'll get. Uh, we just got that little bit of confidence, and we grew from there. Then, and was lucky enough then to pick up a few monster, monster titans
0: along the way, it's something that. Was massive to watch for hurling back then, you know. Just, uh, just want to stick on 98 for a second as well, because obviously it was a, a very important personal time for yourself, and you won that prestigious Player of the Year award, you know, which is, is unbelievable for, I suppose, not winning All irelands back then, and you were picked out as, as one of the players. Um, would you have been scoring points from sideline cuts in that, and, <laughs> and, and would you got a goal or two that year, maybe? That's what's springing in my mind. Mm. So can you refresh my mind on that?
1: Billy O'Sullivan going down on it with Anthony Kerwin. Here's Billy now. Cutting it across, good ball, here's a chance, and that's an excellent score by Tony Brown. I anticipated at least that he was going to get a score, I thought it was going to be from a sideline, it came from play instead. Would you believe I tried to do one of them down in Kilmacow uh, there when we were playing last week? I I I got visions of nineteen ninety eight there under the stand in in, in Turles of putting a couple of balls over the bar, and I was saying, you know what, I can still do this. And I was hoping Derek would be up on the bank there and say, you know what, he can still do it or whatever, you know. But uh, but look, as as I said to you, ninety eight did give us the platform, and was a, it, it was a massive year, and it was all different. Uh, talking points and aspects uh, to that year you know and it was a real championship and as I said there weren't much between the teams and you know the passion was running high and you had, you had managers that were involved that were very passionate as well and I suppose got away with things those days mm-hmm. that you wouldn't get away with today and as I said to you just previously there a few minutes ago that you know 98 was, was, was bittersweet for me. Sweet in a sense that I found great form I thrived on the the the, the uh, I suppose given that opportunity and that chance and that uh, to play in that environment and I really grasped that and thrived on that, and uh, and you know as well as I do, you, 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 there's not often that you find a consistency in that high level of form in your career. Um, you know every year Mm -hmm. and and i found that and i made sure that i wasn't going to i wasn't going to lose it that year and not you know nothing was going to distract me from it excellent and um and bitter in a sense michael that i felt that in 98 that it was a real opportunity there for us to win in all ireland you know we probably should have bet claire and that monster finally went to a replay which was a dark day in the 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 replay after claire us on, the, on experience and, uh, and that I suppose the second day but I felt that Watford had a real opportunity to win that All-Ireland in 1998 actually yourselves beat us by a pint
0: the in the semi-final yeah.
1: which was was, was was heartbreaking you know I I do believe we were a better team on the day and just I can I never forget it I remember DJ hitting a, a miss hit free and I went the whole way in, into the goal and uh, I, I just felt today what well, I'm gonna be our day you know yeah. and um, and I felt that had we went on we might have won that all around in nineteen ninety eight, which I think may have opened up the door to possibly uh, win one or two maybe further after that and and and, and, that's, and people often talk about two oh seven with us. Uh, you know, obviously um two oh eight was there and I think we were probably gone past our peak then at two
0: oh eight but um, but nineteen ninety eight I think was was was, was some years, opportunity, yeah. yeah. The Clare game, just to quickly obviously you mentioned it there. Like that was obviously again would have seen just highlights of it and maybe I'm not sure if they see it live at the time or not live but on, on the T V. But that was yeah, it was a, a bit of a mayhem of a game. Um I'd say it must have been just thought, your thoughts at the time I'd say it must have been just this is madness I suppose, was it? Like, you know, what what the hell is going on? The Clare were a team and you often hear heard, uh, heard uh, Anthony Dale referring to the whipping boys of monster and
1: stuff like that, you know, and uh, he was right to a certain degree, you know, they had some heavy days against Tipperary and various things and they just had a mentality, Claire had a mentality at that time that would almost intimidate you to a certain degree, you know, yeah. from both the sideline and on the field, and that's part and parcel of any sporting environment, you know. And I suppose we took I suppose a piece of that in ninety with, eight with, with Jared McCarthy and I said, you know what? You know, we've been given an opportunity, you now, we're 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 in we're in at the table now. Yeah. We're in at the table, so it's up to us now, you know, and maybe we shouldn't become the whippin' by the monster. And we kind of took that attitude and that mentality in there on the first day and it really, really rattled Claire and it upset Claire and no more so than, than Gerald Ock you know. And um I was so focused that year. I had never trained so hard in my life that year in in ninety eight and Sometimes in any, it's like sport as well. In any environment, again, you know as well, you're part of a team sport, but there's a selfishness has to come into it too in order to succeed. You know. A old, yeah. yeah, and um, and I said to myself, you know what, I ain't putting in this type of training. Look, my first priority is try winning All Ireland for Waterford But I said I ain't putting in this type of training. If if we don't win the All Ireland, I'm I'm getting something out of it as well. You know and. Um, and, and, and why I'm saying that is, it's the second day that we went in there, like there was, clear, we were a different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, they had realised, you know, that, listen, we may have bullied the team that normally does the bullying on the first day. And I'd say, Gerlock Nan and the players and, and, and that weren't too happy going home on the bus with that. And they decided, you know what, that's not going to happen the next day. And in fairness, their experience came out and you could see it, you could see it in them coming out in the field that, you know, it was a different day and uh, their experience, their physicality, their strength and they set that tone very, very early on in the game. Now, what happened early on in that game, you wouldn't get away with today by any means, but that was the environment we were in. And I hold, like I hold my hands up as well. I, I, I wasn't any angel on the field by any means, but Claire could have broke every single hurley they had off me that day. They weren't going to distract my, my form, you know? If Water weren't going to win something, I, I want something out of this year and back in them back in them days uh, I was a, a, a bit green in a sense too that I, I don't think you could have picked up an all star or any awards or anything like that had you got sent off ramping, You know, and the easiest thing for me to do would be to turn around and join the posse and start swinging and, 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 and doing the same thing and I said do you know what it's going to take a, it's going to take you know that's easy to do it's going to take something better to be able to walk away from it stand your ground and say you know what I further things down the line that I'm ironing up and you know, I had that kind of mentality and um, it it proved to be, as I said, my first priority was to win that All Ireland. That didn't happen and fair play to Claire. They they, they bet us, took the monster final. What you miss nowadays is, is, like, even in that first monster month final in 1998, like, I uh, I was obviously, obviously Martin Conlin, someone who I have a huge respect for, was, was an unbelievable hurler, and he, his mentality for, for winning, you know, you just have to admire him. And uh, to just come in on your point there, what you miss nowadays is that, fifth, you know, that man-on-man, man, man that on battle, man, yeah, that yeah. battle where who's going to come out. You'd know back then in in, in, in the early 90s and the early 2000s, three weeks or three four weeks you could even know more you'd know even when you go back train in january who you're going to have a bat with yeah. within a 20 yard or 25 yard square uh box and you know you you'd be setting your
0: mind for it and you miss that kind of one-on-one thing yeah. uh from today's kind of yeah. environment you know yeah. just going what else under 21 actually yeah. um I believe you won an under-21 yeah and yeah. Again, you had a, you're, you're, you're telling me you've no All-Irelands and that you, you, you have an all Ireland <laughs> under-21 you probably have about six of them <laughs> have you
1: <laughs> fortunate to have two yeah. now I know uh, ah, look it, it's something that I cherish to tell you the truth like not having won that senior one I I, I suppose it's something that I do cherish and um, and going back then I suppose even when I said like you know I didn't have that foundation I suppose winning that under-21 we actually won it up in Nolan Park I'll never forget the crowds up there uh, Who was that against the final? Uh, that was against Offaly. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, is that we bet Clare in the months of final in 92. We bet Offaly in the All-Ireland. And both of those sets of teams, really, from that under-21 squad went on and won All-Irelands, which, uh, which eats away at your <laughs> times as well. But but it was fantastic for Watford at that time, you know, and I was lucky enough to captain that team. I was still only 18 or 19 years of age on that, and I captained that team, and... Uh, brain, yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was great because, like as I said, I didn't grow up with lads who had all well, earned medals and stuff like that, and suddenly I had one, I know it was an, uh, an underage one, yeah. but what it certainly done was, it, 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 it marketed Hurling in, in Waterford and put a foundation in for what we have kind of today and what we went on to kind of do, and I believe, I, I really believe that over, since 92 give a few years after that that we really were in at that table with the big lads and, and competing with us and, and finally the big lads took us see us. This comes as Tony Brown, puts all that muscle behind it and slashes it over the bar. I should chose the seven actually, yeah, uh,
0: funny enough and for me as well like That year was a huge year For Waterford Waterford were going Very very well I think Dan And Milan Everyone was The forwards in particular Were just yeah. taken over yeah. And um, went up to the semi-final To, to watch yourselves Against Limerick And um, I have to say In the first five minutes Of that game I was like, I knew Waterford were in trouble okay. And um, It wasn't a Waterford that played the other Past couple of games And I presume you, Did you go through Cork Would you Obviously you would have went through Cork Maybe that year Would you monster and that We did yeah we're, We went to a replay, replay. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's right yeah. And you, yeah. Cork would normally Would have bet you Primarily, maybe over years in Munster yeah. to a degree, and yeah. you would have yeah. bet him that year, and, and yeah. uh, which was huge. And he took the next step on, and you weren't looking like definitely All Ireland contenders. We were already in the All Ireland final, and I would wonder, you know, what were the lads thinking. Neighbours, neighbours here now. All Ireland yeah. set up, and it was geared in that way, which it was. But mm. Limerick just yeah came out came out of nowhere, and uh, shock as he was a for forward, That's and right, yeah. these boys were looking for goals, and yeah. they they had nothing to lose from what I could see that day. Yeah. And I remember halftime came. And I think myself, you can't just switch on, switch no, it back on no. mentally. You know, some of the water players were not in that frame mind. That work rate was not there. There was expectations of getting easy ball into the hand. I, I thought from looking yeah, on, yeah. and uh, you have to work for your own ball a lot of time, and that yeah, wasn't happening. So, yeah. and even though you still came close, I, like I don't think there was much in it, much mm-hmm. in it in the end. But that was definitely one year that I would yeah. put you up there to, to win it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. I think like I think from maybe two thousand. 2004 to 2007, we were really in our peak, you know, that was our chance, like as well. 2007 was something a little bit similar to '98. But when I look back at it, I, I kind of knew maybe the I think I think it was the Wednesday night before we actually uh, played Limerick that we were in a slight bit of bother. You Just know, the mood, and
0: atmosphere, and the, environment. the and mood.
1: And but there was a lot of there was a lot of factors that actually came into it. You must remember, I think we had won the league. Bet yeah yeah actually, yeah yeah. We we we, we bet King Kenny, which mentally took a huge. It took a huge energy from us. So I know it was only the league, but the league was kind of I think it could be in April or something at that time. Suddenly went into the the monster championship, and as you said, like Cork, you know, were a really really strong outfit at the time, and we ended up winning the monster final. We played uh, Cork in the quarter final in Croke Park, and went to a, to a replay. And you know what happened really was we played we played three games in the space of twenty one days. Mentally, I suppose there was an All Ireland on the horizon, and it was just an a, it was just mentally drained and like you know everyone expected us to win and it creeped in on us and it creeped in on us and, and, and in fairness Limerick like they had their work done they just came out they just came out like a rock and guns and, blazing, and, guns yeah. blazing and, and shocked us almost and as you said they weren't much in it and they pulled away like with a good few points but we, we kind of creeped back into yeah. it when we
0: settled a bit but yeah that is it's definitely one year that I think that yeah. got away from us yeah. and three games to be fair in three weeks like it's, it's full on You know the energy that takes me. As you said, physically and mentally, and I think mentally is absolutely key here Mm -hmm. to actually to bring bring the feet back on the ground again. You know what's what's ahead of us here and what what Limerick going to bring. Because again, if we take our right off what's yeah. coming, you know. Yeah. You're going to be yeah. if you're a percent or two off in games, and that's what we always would have said. A percent or two, you could get yeah. taken to the cleaners, cleaners and that's yeah. how, how yeah. tight it can be. The
1: margins are, are so small And I remember like even that week, as I said, the Wednesday night. Basically, I suppose what got me thinking was like, uh, you know, Peter Kerrigan was one of our physios at the time, and I remember going up. He only lives up around the corner from me in Kilmeaden, and uh, I remember going up to him and saying, Do you know what, I'm going to really try to get myself right for this game now. I know I'm sore and whatever, and so many games, and I'm going to have myself right. I remember I said, I'd go up now and I'd make sure he, you know, get a rub down off and make sure he gets out all the knots and bruises and everything and never forget driving in there. And normally you wouldn't see a lot of cars. There's a lot of other cars in the car park, you know. And I said, geez, he's busy. I'll never get this done. I'll have to call up to him early in the morning or whatever. So I remember walking in the door and I think there was something like nine of our lads in there, nine or ten of our lads in there waiting, you know, different various injuries and knocks and stuff like that, and just looking kind of wrecked tired and I said to myself I don't know if we're in there you know mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're, yeah. our lads are right and it just crept in and crept in and we should have been more mentally strong anyway than Michael in a, in a sense that you know like an all Ireland final is serious business you know yourself and Jesus we were we do anything to win it you know mm-hmm. and with the schedule that we had we just should have refused to play that game yeah. as far as I know as far as I know I may be wrong but as far as I know had Cork bet us in that quarter final they weren't going to be playing them Rick. Okay. And you know, we should have I think we should have just been stronger and said, listen, you know, it's not any time out here, here yet. Yeah. Going to water for the nine time. It's the last nine, Now they are walking in, knocking with the shot. Blocks this time. And out over the sideline for another line ball for Cook. They can hardly watch the referee has gone his whistle. There's a cock down injured. One for one, is it? I think it could be Tony Brown, yeah. It is. Uh, he dived in there full length over Cottenhoff and probably got hit with the ball, I'd say. He seems to have a red mark, and some blood there in his uh, arm as well. Yeah, he was very brave. I, I might get a chance to look at it again here. Um, we, we just keep watching it, and watch, watch Tony Brown. Ball hit him straight into the face there, yeah.
0: What do you like to do to relax, Tony? What's.
1: what's uh... Oh, what do I like to do to relax, I suppose? Well, I never stop. I'm always, I'm always working away. Like, uh, like it's it's no big secret. I, I, I do a lot of fishing and stuff like that. You know, and even after big games, I suppose it's an area that we were reared into, fishing for salmon and trout and various things like that. Uh, so, like, I just found it great, you know. I, I, as I said, I wasn't a big drinker. I enjoyed a few pints and a crack with the lads, but, you know, some lads used to like going out on a Monday and, it, and, and you know, a Sunday <laughs> night and a Monday somewhere maybe <laughs> deep into the Tuesday uh, but uh, no I just like going out for a few pints on on the Sunday have a crack with the lads and then back to business and I'd have the Monday off obviously after championship games overnight go off maybe up there to um, to Lismore and West Watford and cast out a few flies and before you know it they'd be a couple of, they'd be a couple of hours gone and, and stuff it, like yeah. that so yeah I found that I found that great that and, was your yeah. time to switch
0: off that was my time to switch off yeah it might be everyone's cup of tea no, now you no, know but no. uh, and do you find any pressures with other players going on the beer on the Mondays and saying look maybe I should be with them early I know you, you probably would have joined them maybe later on in, on, on occasions but yeah. would you have felt any pressures there to be in, in with the lads for Camaraderie and that kind of stuff, or uh,
1: no, 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 good. no. Look, listen, you get enough camaraderie <laughs> like when you're training with lads for six or seven months of the year, yeah. you know. And you're obviously like training camps and various things came into it, yeah. so you know. And like, you know, people would get to know your form quite quickly, people knew what I was about, and that was it. And like, you know, one of my best mates would be Ken, and he'd often text me, Where are you? Are you coming in? And I'd say, oh, I don't know, you know, or I'm up in Lismore or whatever, and he'd leave me alone then, you know, you know, <laughs> then, like, you know, but uh. Yeah. And fair uh, play, that's you,
0: had, you had your own independence, which yeah, is great. Because a lot yeah. of players might feel I have to be there, but I do like that whole yeah. do what you kind of want to do what as to well. Do, like I do want not to be. Getting tied into things that you actually don't necessarily want to be there, like yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Next time, now you're on your yacht, will you will you give me a shout there and I'll go <laughs> and we'll throw a few lines there with we'll, we'll the patrol net. I will, yeah, yeah, there yeah, There's
1: a fine river down there now in Kill that we used to poach years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you down there some t- some time. Now you're you're uh, you're under pressure in the corporate world. Or what have you, Michael? I bring you
0: down there, don't tangle the mind. Good man, good man. man. No problem, problem, yeah. Um, Mount Sin obviously a very famous club in Waterford. Here you have many county titles. You have five, five or six. Yeah, really. well. 7 7, uh, seven yeah yeah have 7 uh county title one monster title uh one monster title yeah
1: but again uh, again going back there like you know I was lucky enough to pick up seven championship medals and I mm. always I always love club hurling anyone to tell you it's the bread and butter it's really, the bread yeah. and butter really but you always hear that cliche like bread and butter yeah. and it's everything but to me I look in it, uh, again in the modern arena that we we're, we're operating in at the moment between county and club and you just don't get the opportunity to play with club anymore, and I always just I just love uh, uh, playing with the club and
0: yeah, no, so it's good. And as you said, it's fixtures this year. Unfortunately, have kind of. The club is very much so now at the very back. You know, normally yeah. obviously it does come second, which that's just the way it is. But now it's you know we played yeah. one game in April and we're not playing until the middle of August or end of August. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to lose players now soon enough yeah. because who wants to be hanging around for the whole year yeah. trying to train yeah. and going through yeah. a lot of slog and then yeah. you know lovely summer months here. There's not happening. The next thing then you're into August or September, and October, and it's. It's heavy fields, it's cold, it's dark, you know, we've no lights down in our field, so yeah. <laughs> you're travelling it. to someone else's field then as well to try and train their place, so it's yeah. not yeah. pretty at times, but that's the way it is. Uh, that took place during the week in Herding uh, was the announcement by Waterford stalwart Tony Brown that he is retiring from the intercounty scene after some 23 years of service to the day show. Tony helped Waterford to four Munster hurling titles and a National League victory, while he himself, of course, won three All Star awards and was the 1998 hurler of the year. Just look, you've a pub here, I suppose. Uh, this is where we are today. We're in Macy's. It's on. It's along Dunga the Dungarvan. Um... What's the is it yeah, a, a so, main street
1: here? Yeah, so this will be Mary Street Mary here. Street. And uh, yeah, we're here 12 months now. We bought this property about 12 months ago. But Dungarvan is a fantastic town. Uh, you know, it was a great atmosphere about it. And you know, there's lots of people like you I suppose Dungarvan is in between uh, Cork and Waterford, really. And I've been up here working for the last uh, probably eight years or so with a brother of mine, Paul. And, um, and we purchased this property. It's an old property, it's a, a bar here. And it's been closed last the last five years, you know. So originally known going back years and years ago as Maisie's. Mm. and so we we continued on that tradition when we when we decided what what did we want to do, put a name on it and that, because the people at Dungarvan could really uh, connect with that, you know. And we wanted to just do kind of a, an old style pub that people, you know, that would would uh, do the town, I suppose, proud in that. And I said. Uh, Dongarvan is a thriving uh, new town. We have the the new Greenway here that connects it and links it all up. And That's right, yes, yeah, it's like, road, yeah, it's only over the road. It's only over the road, and it's really only starting to, you know, get very uh, hip and modern and uh, it's exciting. Dongarvan's a really, really exciting place to be, and you know we had to be a little bit different in a sense that Dongarvan people and West Water people are huge fanatical uh, GA supporters and horse uh, sporting supporters in, yep. in general, and. Um, you know, you have some bars around the town that are really, really GA orientated and run. You know, they really uh, uh, operate at a serious level and that. And we just had to do something a little bit different here. You know, so we kind of decided to open a, a gin and whiskey bar. And we we uh, stock over 80 gins and over 40 whiskies here at the moment. And that's not to say you can't get a good pint of the black stuff here <laughs> as well. You know but um, no, delighted the way it turned out and as I said, like I'm, I'm not a big drinking man myself but it's a, it's a nice business because you get to meet different people every day whatever you're doing in here and there's always like a yarn or a story that you'll hear at the... the I don't think it would have done me much good now in my hurling days being behind there or whatever at times, you know but yeah. uh, no, it's, uh, it's done me good in my, in my transition from retirement and um, mm. it's becoming a little bit of a passion that I did, I'll mean, be honest with you with retirement... You know, it's very hard to replace that passion and to find something that really ignites you and and, and gives you the energy it, yeah. and that you enjoy a little bit. Like probably where you were coming from, uh, with work and that, it, 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 it's 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 rare that you find that passion. And like we were talking about with the GPA and stuff like that. You know, sometimes you might need someone just to sit down with and and, and bring you through a personal development thing to actually yeah. say, Do you know what, you're actually really passionate about that. You know, why don't you why don't you have a look at that or whatever? And I I struggled with that if I'm being honest. Uh, when I retired, I'm retired now. 2014, I retired. You know, I finished 2013, but I I was going to go 2014, but then I said no. Get your, get grab yourself by the scruff of the neck you know, and cop on, you know. <laughs> but um, but no, I love uh, uh
0: I love Dunk Gavin, and it's given me that bit of passion to work towards something. And, and Excellent. That, you know, yeah. yeah. The Greenway is fabulous there, and look at the pub is fabulous as well. Tony, thanks very much for for taking your time to, to, to talk to me today. Like it's a a gent, really relaxed fella, uh, softly spoken and. No, I say the work capacity pass all you, and it <laughs> be not a bother. You'd still be happy once you have your, your fishing rod, <laughs> and a, a bit of chat, and, a, and you're out in the country. I think that's probably that's probably Tony Brown, maybe. Uh, a real chilled out kind of character. Three in
1: the middle of the field.
0: Tony Brown is taking on the responsibility. Slide wing to his back. More cross field than anything else. Score the goal.
1: The Scores a point extra time
0: the and that was me, Michael Fenley, chatting to the legendary Tony Brown on behalf of the Players' Voice. If there is anyone you would like me to chat to, please email the Players Voice at GaelicPlayers.com.